Hey everyone, welcome to the Wikipod. I'm your host, I Speak Nerd. Today's actually a very special episode. I'm so glad you could join us. We're talking cryptocurrency tokenomics, play to earn, and discussing legitimate beans of a different sort. I'm joined by returning Dark Lord Alriad and an indie game developer, Mr. Mintopoli himself, Label. Label, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm like, I know we were talking before the show a little bit, but like you're running around trying to get uh, get caught up and prepped for the round that starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we introduced the Mentopoly News Network last week, um, which was very cool. Introduced a lot of dynamics to the game, but um, there's been a few bugs we've been working through, so trying to get everything ready for tomorrow. For sure, for sure. Well, we're glad you made the time for us. And uh, Alriad, how's your evening going? Doing really well. Thank you for having me on. Very excited to be having conversation label here with you uh, on your podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked, guys. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. But uh, getting into kind of like a little bit of a personal interview here, label. Like, like, can you give us a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I guess kind of a summary of yourself on kind of like how you got started in crypto because Mintopoly is a cryptocurrency game, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of interesting because it's both built on crypto and it's about crypto so that's a bit mm. funny but um um yeah i um this, i had not done any uh crypto projects before this um uh, about a year ago i had really gotten into like crypto and wanted to start developing for crypto um which i had not done previously um and i was working on a few different things and i had actually stumbled onto the name of mintopoly um and when i saw that i just completely saw the vision for this game <laughs> dropped everything else and started working <laughs> on it it's definitely do you it's mind if a... i ask how how you found that uh, how you stumbled upon that name because it's such a good name yeah when i i mean that's what i mean i saw it and i was like oh we have to do this but uh, what happened was i was working on um a few ideas for like a crypto-based business uh like around nfts like maybe a marketplace where people could use nfts to like unlock real world collectibles or like digital content or something like that. Um, and I was looking for a name and I was just trying to think like, okay, well, you're minting tokens, maybe something with mint. And then I just saw Mintopoly. I was like, oh, it's available. <laughs> we have to do this. It's definitely Love reminiscent. It. It's reminiscent of like, you know, like exactly what you said, minting tokens, minting NFTs, and then like obviously Monopoly. Like I think every, every, every American child plays Mintopoly or plays monopolies he got me doing it plays monopoly at least once uh growing up yeah for sure i mean it doesn't have really anything in common with the board game but um it's a clever name and it's funny you just said that uh, that you made the mistake of confusing them the other day i was talking to someone and like man this company is going to have an entire monopoly on the industry <laughs> and they looked at me and like what i was like i didn't even notice that i said it. <laughs> yeah here's the, here's the difference between the games guys Mintopoly is actually fun yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you Mintopoly go, yeah. does not cause uh, you to get angry at your family members. <laughs> it does not it destroy relationships. No, it, it does because you have to wake up every 50 minutes to stake. So. <laughs> true, true, it, true. It causes the family members to get angry with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny you say that. Yep, my wife knows exactly uh, when my 50-minute timer goes off during the competitive rounds she's like all right time for you to go steak huh <laughs> yeah i feel very bad for the significant others of the people who play this game insignificant others more like there you go 
So what are your some of your thoughts? It sounds like you've been doing this and you're working on some ideas you said for like uh, NFTs and games and uh, something like that. But like, what's your thoughts on this massive growth we've seen in the whole play to earn space with like, um, first it was Axie really took off and now we're seeing things like Yield Guild Games um, developing and really working on that kind of scholarship model. Like, can you give us like kind of a general sense of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the play to earn industry is so new and so dynamic. Um, and because crypto um, is so open and accessible, it's it's really easy to make games where you can earn crypto playing them, um, which was not really possible before. Uh, so there's still a lot of development to, to come in that industry. I think um, probably a lot of them don't make a lot of sense as in terms of play to earn, uh, the economics of them all. But it is something, it's something that will definitely um, shake out over the next year or two, I think. I think we'll see a massive growth, and then it'll start to consolidate around the models that work. Um, I don't really push the play-to-earn aspects of Mentopoly as strongly. I mean, you're certainly earning the tokens, but um, I think um, it's more of a, um, an ecosystem around the game with the cards and the tokens. Um, I haven't really pushed the play-to-earn aspect as strongly with it. But uh, hopefully it's coming. Hopefully it's coming. Or is that more of like your kind of ethos on your thinking more of developing an ecosystem around it? Um, yeah, I, I think it's just a, a difference of perspective. I mean, certainly you're earning tokens in the game. So it is by definition play to earn. Um, it's just a matter of whether that becomes the focus of the game or not and how the economics of it work. Um, because I think in the, in the at the end of the day, a lot of play to earn games are kind of like Casinos, um, they have to have an economic model, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the players are going to be earning less than the game is generating. So where is mm -hmm. that balance? If you're giving out Ether, for example, um, unlike what Mentopoly is doing, then where is that coming from? You know, <laughs> It has to be coming from somewhere. Um, so figuring out that economics is going to be challenging for a lot of play-to-earn games in the long run. Yeah, not, everybody, not right. every game's got their own cuckoo puffs. <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> not every game's got their own cuckoo puffs exactly uh question so uh with regards to um you know earning nfts etc this is one of the more unique games where you do have a shot if you do go for those side competitions to earn a uh, uh, uh an nft that's on the blockchain um what gave you that idea um to allow people to earn that method besides um, of course the tokens yeah, I, I just think that's a really great gameplay dynamic, you know, to give away the cards back to the community of players to let them compete in various ways within one game. Um, I'm not sure exactly where the idea came from, but I think it, it adds a lot of dynamism to the game, gives people more to, more to play for. Um, and in that sense, I think play-to-earn works really well, you know, where you're giving the community back a piece of the game itself. I think that's a really um, a much more interesting dynamic of play-to-earn. Definitely. Definitely. Love so, that idea about it. So based on what you just said, it sounds like you're thinking of this less as play to earn money and more of like kind of play to earn a place in the community, it sounds like. Exactly. Not, not even necessarily just a place in the community, but to earn a bigger piece of the ecosystem. And I think that can be really valuable. Um, as a as a long-term vision you know to to build a larger and larger ecosystem and that the players own more and more of it and i think that's actually a really kind of revolutionary new idea that crypto allows in the gaming industry
Wow, that's awesome. So, like, we've been talking about it a lot and kind of referencing things a little bit, but, um, like, Alred, can you kind of just talk us through kind of just what, like, how how does one play Mintopoly? Just give us a quick overview. Yeah, so, Label, please uh, interject here uh, whenever you can, but it's a free-to-play game, which is what kind of lures people initially. You don't have to have an initial investment if you don't want to where you're uh, playing this um, mining simulation, so to say, where you're trying to earn the highest net worth by the end of the round. You can buy increasingly more valuable resources with, um, you start off with enough to buy a mining rig, which is the least uh, uh, lucrative of your assets. And you slowly build up your net worth and you can buy better and better uh, resources. Eventually you get to a point where you want to start staking, which is uh, earning you a 0.02% interest rate in the game. Um, Every block is 15 seconds, so you earn your assets' uh, rewards during that period of time. So from a player's perspective, you get to do a lot of fun math, calculating out how to uh, optimize your rewards and your staking, etc., um, and yeah, so that's basically it. And uh, with the new uh, news feed, it introduces a really cool aspect of the game where Label just touched upon. And please, again, interject uh, and you know give us some more beans <laughs> as you can. But uh, add some more fun to the game because it's not just the exact same game anymore. Now you're faced with this dynamic aspect of you don't know if you made the right decision and then if a new news feed comes out you're faced with a decision where you have to kind of alter your strategy yeah absolutely yeah and i love that you did that to the game makes it so much more fun now keeps us on our toes i appreciate that yeah that was one of the biggest features i wanted to develop so i'm glad you guys are appreciating it absolutely what um what other games were you like playing or kind of inspired by to um, design the idea for this? Like what what games did you grow up playing that were kind of inspirations for this? Yeah, you know what's interesting. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of seeds uh, of Mentopoly that came from another thing that I wanted to do and never did. Uh, I got really far into the planning stages, but never um, actually executed it. And it was um. Well, let's hear the beans. Get them out here. <laughs> I wanted to make an iOS game that, uh, to back to get to your point, that was really inspired by um, Egg Inc. Um, and Adventure Capitalist. And I was going to make a game like that where you, it was like a, an idle clicker game where you uh, built a supercomputer. So every like time you clicked, it would recompile the code and, and um, make your computer smarter. And then you would get contracts like with government agencies for your computer and stuff like that. Um, and there's a ton, if I look back on it, on my plans for that game that actually ended up in Mintopoly. Um, but uh, specifically to your question though, yeah, Adventure Capitalists and Egg Inc. are like the legends and I really enjoyed those games. But uh, Mintopoly is the first game I've developed though. So, Well, hey, congratulations. You got a, you got a big following so far. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. You have a whole bunch of us that are really diehard fans for this game. So you're Definitely doing something right. <laughs> Pretty appreciate I, it. I mean, the the strongest part about this game is the community. You guys are incredible. Um, the kind of oh, dedication and passion that you all yeah. have is amazing. 
Came for the uh, Mintopoli gold, stayed for the community. Hey, Inakara, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've touched on it a bit here, uh, guys, but like you're talking about the news feed and like this whole idea of creating opportunities for more dynamism, I believe is the term you use there, Label. Um, and we've talked in the Mintopoli server a, a little bit about kind of trying to reduce determinism, which I think is kind of the same idea here. Um, but basically just increasing the amount of uh, choices that players can and have to make as they play. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, I think determinism is a good word for the way you put it with choices. Uh, the news, news feed doesn't necessarily present choices, but it creates a, a different kind of dynamism that you might see in the real world. Um, but ultimately, yes, absolutely. Like the game is very um, deterministic in the first version. Um, you know, nothing bad can happen. You don't interact with other users much. Um, so long term, making it mu much more interactive, dynamic, um, you know, with less determinism and more choice is uh, definitely the primary goal, I think. I love that. Love it. So you mentioned you mentioned it a little bit there on like interactions directly between users. So when in your mind, because we're all competing towards a single prize here, is that more of like a PvP scenario, or are you imagining this game as being more PVE? Um, I I love the idea of making it PvP in the sense that um, you can potentially sabotage other players. Uh, you can Ooh. protect yourself from those sabotages. Uh, and this is one of the, I think this is one of the primary uses uh, for the tokens within the game. Um, if you're new to the game, you get tokens for placing in the top X hundred positions. Um, they're like true ERC 20 tokens. Um, and one of the big uses for these tokens, among other things, is going to be in-game um, upgrades or uses. Uh, and one of them that I would imagine being the primary one is that you can potentially boost yourself or um, sabotage another player or buy a type of insurance for yourself so that you can't be sabotaged. And that would add a whole other layer of uh, complexity to the game uh, because you would ultimately be interacting with each other. And I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be amazing. And that's so exciting. Do you have any... Uh... Any hints to drop on what potential uh, sabotages will look like? Are they going to be targeted towards specific users? Are they going to be more random? Um, any hints you can give us? Yeah, like for real here. How much money is it going to cost us to blue shell salt? <laughs> <laughs> that guy That guy is the Mentopoly champion so far. Someone needs to dethrone him after a while. You, you guys got to get with it. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, it's hard. Uh, salt leads the way. When do we? When do we fork? Whenever salt forks, <laughs> the ongoing joke here. Yeah, it would be. I'm he, not sure. He's got to sure. optimize. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying no. He's got to optimize. So yeah, just like uh, Nerd was asking, how's he gonna? Do you have any hints how uh, these sabotages are gonna work? Um, I'm open to suggestions. They haven't been developed yet. So <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes for you guys to overthrow salt, just let me know and we'll, <laughs> we'll develop it. <laughs> no, but seriously, something along the lines of, um, you know, blocking out another player's earnings, uh, preventing them from forking for a certain period of time. Ooh, um, Ooh yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I love the idea of 
of not necessarily reducing their earnings or, or something like that permanently or you know, d destroying their game in a serious way, but preventing them from acting, you know, freezing their account, blacking them out of, of purchases, things like that would be really cool. Um, in addition to buying insurance for yourself, you, know, you can use a little bit of your tokens to prevent yourself from getting attacked over the next thousand blocks, which would also make it a little more fair because then if you did get attacked, you'd feel like it's your own fault rather than just um, something you couldn't do anything about. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And so these attacks and these boosts and insurance, et cetera, are, uh, you mentioned that you don't want it to kind of feel uh, bad for the player to the point where it wrecks their entire game. Is there going to be, is that, you know, still on the radar where you want the game, even if you did get attacked multiple times, um, that you could still come out on top if you made right decisions, et cetera? Um, I think that would be ideal, right? You wouldn't want it to be a point where you absolutely can't win if everyone's ganging up on you. Um, and in addition, I think there should definitely be a limit that maybe you can only get attacked once every thousand blocks or two, th 5,000, whatever it might be, so that it can't just be constant. So have either of you guys played the game Munchkin, the board game Munchkin? No. So, I have not. Okay, so Munchkin is infamous for this kind of thing that you're talking about wanting to prevent, where basically, you know, whoever's in the lead going into the end game just gets ganged up on by literally everybody and then ends up mm. in like its last or second to last place because of it. Um, and yeah, I'm just really curious how you could possibly balance that. Um, maybe it gets more expensive to attack people who've been attacked before. Yeah, something like that would Ooh, be great. Oh, that's where, a good idea. Yeah. So you could so still like do it. Scale. Exactly. You could still do it, but it's going to be more expensive for you. And so do you really want to do that? I don't know. It's a decision. Right. That's a great idea. Uh, and you were mentioning blue shell. Now I'm thinking from a competitive perspective, maybe it is better to underbuy some assets so that you're in second place. So you don't have that target on your back. So that presents that aspect of the competition as well. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a thing people do in Munchkin is like you want to be second or third going into the end game in Munchkin for sure. Yeah, see, it's conversations like these that really inspire me to uh, create more and more dy dynamic gameplay elements that shake things up and make it basically impossible to predict, um, but yet still possible to do well if you're if you're on top of it. I am fucking here for it. Love Let's it. do it. Love it. Um, cool. So we kind of talked about it. I guess these are some of the ideas are all still kind of up in the air for the individual, um, boosts and stuff. Like, are you imagining these boosts and these items and this insurance? Are these kind of like one-time use items or is it more of like, it covers a time period? Um, are, are things reusable? Like, how are you imagining this? Label. Um, so don't quote me on this, but the way I plan this to work at this point is that you would be able to use the Monopoly money to buy a, we could call them maybe tickets or something. And each ticket allows you to do something in the game. Um, so that way you can do one transaction on the Polygon chain, which is very cheap to begin with. And you can buy like 10 tickets. And then those will be in the game for you to use um, on whatever type of boosts are available. And they will definitely be one-time use uh, in terms of things like attacks. Um, and one of the first things that I want to build uh, to be used with this in-game tickets or tokens would be um, the ability to rent promo cards. 
So you can maybe use one ticket to rent a promo card and it will be similar to the real NFT cards, but of a lower value, kind of like the current DAP cards for uh, referrals. But there would be perhaps one of each category. So you could use a ticket at the start of a round and uh, receive one random promo card. Or maybe you could use three tickets and get two promo cards. Um, and these promo cards are different than the founders cards that you kind of hinted that we can use our MM tokens to rent, if I'm, is that correct? Yeah, the promo cards would be uh, much lower value than, the, than even the base cards or the founders cards. Um, there's also the potential to rent founders cards. I still love that idea of whoever owns a founders card can rent it out and essentially receive the, the Mentopoly money tokens themselves um, almost as like a, like a rental property so people can borrow it. So for the folks at home who, or maybe someone who hasn't really played this game before, can you guys explain just real quick on the difference? You said you've mentioned promo cards, uh, founders cards versus NFT winnings. Can you just clarify what each of those are? Yeah, sure. Um, so the game has 12,000 uh, NFT Mentopoly cards. There's currently 12 categories. Um, and these are you know, standard Ethereum NFTs that uh, provide different boosts within the game. Um, almost all of these, except for 200, are just standard base level cards. Then 200 of them are super powerful Founders Edition cards. Um, they're basically the same, but just more powerful. Uh, now, separate from this are promo cards. These are not NFTs. They basically just live in the code and can be added to an account you know, for completing a challenge, such as referring a friend. Uh, they're not tradable like NFTs, but they do provide the same type of boost as the NFT cards, just not as powerful. So that's the difference between the, founder, the founder's cards, the regular cards, and then the promo cards. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. And then trying to get us back on track there before I interrupted, you guys were talking about uh, a possibility of not just renting those uh, founders uh, and or standard uh, versions of those NFTs, but even renting from other players. Is that uh, what I heard? Yeah. So if they were going to rent promo cards, that would just have to come from the game itself uh, because no other players own those. They just live in the code. Uh, but there's also the possibility for players who own the founders cards to rent them out um, for the Mentopoly money token to whoever wants to buy them for that one round. Uh, and then the card would be added to the, to the renter's account and removed from the player's account or the owner's account. And they would essentially be able to earn tokens by renting out their cards, which would be a really cool dynamic. So that's definitely falls under that. That definitely falls under so that play of... to earn. Uh, dynamic that we've talked about here. And it seems yeah, although, like that presents a ahead. different way to approach the game, no? Like you can buy these cards and you can earn Mintopoly tokens to help you out later on by renting them out, like analogous to like Decentraland, buying land, etc., correct? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Complete different type of... So you'll have some players who are the card hoarders, you know, card purchasers, etc., versus the uh, players that uh, are playing the game religiously. And if you had enough Founders cards, you could presumably earn more tokens by renting them out, depending on what the market value for them was. And I would assume that would just be set you know, on a bidding system. Um, but you could presumably earn more tokens by renting out your cards than even playing the game. 
really cool. Really exciting stuff. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. That's super cool. I know on the pivoting a little bit here, but you've on the roadmap, you've also mentioned wanting to have governance. And I think the exact quote that you put on the roadmap was uh, governance period, eventually having a vote in the future of Mintopoly as it moves towards a more decentralized future. And I read that and I was just like, boom, that's, that's Dow talk. That's Dow talk right there. <laughs> we know how much you love your Dow's. <laughs> hey man, I know, I know I like joke about it and I'm like kind of becoming the Dow guy, but like, honestly, like you're 2022, it's, it's not year of the tiger. It's year of the Dow. I'm telling you <laughs> like how do you have a specific roadmap for um, how that would happen right now? Or is that kind of in the I, real ideation stage right now for, for you in this game? Um, realistically, it's more on the ideation stage. However, I would say that personally, I think that is the most interesting and innovative piece of the entire Mentopoly project. Preach! <laughs> the idea <laughs> that the players own the game by playing the game. The ones who invest the most time and energy and love into playing the game are the ones who receive the tokens, which ultimately control its future, potentially in potentially even return earning returns on uh, the game itself. Although that hasn't been established in any formal way, that's the most exciting piece of this project to me. is is an entirely new paradigm for game development, game playing, and game ownership. I love it. I love the whole thing. That's so exciting. That's really, really exciting that the players will have a say into what happens in the future of the game. And this is right up uh, your alley, uh, nerd, with the uh, DAO. Yeah, absolutely. Potentially having more than just a say, but potentially owning pieces of it, um, although that is yet to be fleshed out in detail. Um, I certainly can't make any announcements around that. But yeah, allowing the token holders to, to participate in the game's success would be I think one of the coolest pieces of this project. Yeah, and there's definitely models um, established. Well, established. They're still experimenting with models, but there are a lot of models within the eco the Ethereum ecosystem that uh, other DAOs are using and experimenting with for governance. And it's 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 a, such a cool space. It evolves and moves so fast. Like I, I love the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, with 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 the game though coming back like the whole idea with this clicker idle game is that you're trying to accumulate the most of mintopoly money in this game and you reinvest that mintopoly money from mining rigs to validator nodes oracles and all the way up to centralized exchanges and the whole thing is you're just trying to get more and more of this one resource um if we think about it in terms and going to try to analogize because most of this most of the audience for this podcast is coin hunt world players i'm going to analogize to coin hunt world real quick um, Mintopoly monies kind of plays a similar role to what keys do in CoinHunt World, where you have choices on what you choose to do with those with that resource. Um, but your long-term goal is you want to be accumulating as much of that resource as possible. Um, have you is that have you thought about adding a more resources that people need to manage within Mintopoly, or is your plan to continue with that singular resource and then um, adding in those uh, the dynamism that we've discussed before? Uh, I personally like the idea of having the one resource with more complexities around it. Um, 
in terms of like all the things we've discussed in terms of things that can happen to this resource or more complex choices that need to be made about managing this resource. I think that may be a little more sensible for the game rather than introducing additional types of resources, but mm -hmm. um, we'll have to see. We'll see. We'll see. Love the future, man. I love the future. Love the energy. Absolutely. And with one of the new uh, releases you had, the Blockchain Explorer, it kind of introduces a new element where you can see actual players' uh, amount of resources. Um, what are your thoughts on being able to see their cash on hand or how much they have staked, etc.? to kind of, um, as you typed, uh, touched on, uh, using some of these boosts or sabotages um, help you strategize with that aspect? Yeah, totally. I think that, I really believe that the data should all be public. You know, this is a blockchain-based game or it's simulating a blockchain and it, um, it, should, it should be in that spirit where everybody's actions are public. And the Explorer, I would say, is like 10% done in terms of all the data that's there. I want everything to be public. Um, so with just a little bit more development this week, we should have the earnings per block, um, staked value, and eventually, within the next few weeks, all of the players' actions that they've taken. You know, they bought seven mining rigs on block 90, whatever it might be. Oh, wow. Um, so I would, and also an actual block explorer so that you can see every action that every player took on a certain block. That's so fantastic. essentially making all of the data public because one thing that I really believe is that this game is really all about the data and it's about the social aspect of the data in a way, in a strange way, because you're competing against other people's data. So the explorer is in itself almost a game feature that makes the game more interesting and more dynamic because you're accessing all of the data in real time from everyone. Absolutely. I know myself with the, uh, so for listeners who don't know, um, the Blockchain Explorer is a uh, stats website that um, just came out. I believe last round was the uh, first round where it was live. And you can see um, not only how many, uh, what everybody's worth and where they're at on the leaderboards, but you can see the exact number of assets of each type of um uh, each type of asset that they have going from mining rigs all the way up to um, decks. So uh, I'm really excited to see this um, move forward and use this as a tool. Uh, yeah, so can't wait to see how uh, that moves forward. That's exciting. What do you think, Nerd? Did you live? I lived on, I know that I lived on the uh, Blockchain Explorer last round. How about yourself? I honestly think I looked at it once. Uh, I, I'm, I may be in the, uh, it sounds like I'm in the far minority here, but like I'm, I don't have the time or interest to get that in depth into it. And like, um, I'm, I'm very interested in the dynamism and the choices and the ownership aspects and governance and the community. And like, that's the part that really attracts me to, um, to this game and like interacting with you label. Like I can tell that you're, you're serious about developing this game and wanting this to, you know, grow and flourish and be a long-term, uh, a long-term thing. And this isn't just a, a cash grab with uh, putting out a quick game that, you know, pumps a token and then just dumps immediately after like a week, <laughs> sunflower farms. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, this it's it's cool it's cool and we definitely play this game very differently Alriad and i like i i started this game not using i, I still don't use a spreadsheet 
which I know might sound like sacrilege to some of the people out there, but absolutely uh, <laughs> mind blown. How <laughs> I think it's, it's more fun this way uh, for me. And like, I could sit down and try and make, make a spreadsheet and try and math it all out and stuff, but that's not, it's, that's not interesting to me. And like, it's a, it's a solved puzzle, like at least the way the game exists currently. I mean, the newsfeed definitely changes things, but before the newsfeed, like the game was a solved equation, a solved puzzle. You just had to wake up and stake every 50 minutes for your whole, for the whole week. Once you got past a certain point and like that was, you could optimize it with math and there was a very clear single path that you needed to do in order to win. And I'm not interested in having to do those things in order to achieve that. So I just play without a spreadsheet and um, I, you know, I fork when like a couple hours before I want to go to sleep so that I can get all the way up and start staking before I sleep. And otherwise I'll finish where I finish. And I've ended up mostly in the top 200 for the last couple of rounds for that. And I'm fine with that. Um, that it's said, interesting that you say it was a solve. Go ahead. <laughs> that said, um, I did just buy some cards um, yesterday or last night, actually, um, with some of my coin hunt winnings. What's up? Um, hey. And I'm I'm still I'm still thinking I'm not going to play with a spreadsheet though. I think it's kind of a point of pride for me at this point, which is like <laughs> I think I think I described it as kind of like playing with a spreadsheet versus playing without. It's like it's like driving a, man, a manual stick shift, a manual transmission <laughs> on your car. It's like <clears throat> yeah, it might be inefficient. But it's more fun, and it's a point of pride at this point. It's, <laughs> and so I, I might never win Mintopolis because of that. Maybe I don't know. Um, but I'll, I think I'll have a damn fun time doing it. And like last round, <laughs> I was uh, messaging Alriad. I forked last round at six nine six nine percent, and then, <laughs> yep. and then my other one was at three one three three seven. <laughs> for the funds for the memes gotta do it for the memes. hey it keeps the game fun right <laughs> so I, like the whole thing with the, the when the news feed was happening and we had people staking negative balances and then losing uh losing their <laughs> funds because of that like i was having a grand time in that and like I, i'll be honest i wasn't being helpful at all in the mintopoly discord i was not being helpful but uh i wasn't i was very much enjoying the uh the chaos and stuff and i was not it was very fun but again i think that's because for me i'm I'm not playing this game to try and win money. Like that's not what I'm doing with this game. Like I'm definitely playing Mintopoly to have fun and maybe earn a little bit along the way. But it's like it's fun. It's a thing other people are doing. Started doing in the in the uh, oh my god the Coin Hunt World Wiki Discord and like that channel. We have a Mintopoly channel in here and like that channel is like the most active channel in the Discord by far. Um, <laughs> Easily, especially during rounds. Yeah, and so I see people posting in there, and maybe it would have been smarter of me to just mute the channel, but you know I didn't. Um, and so people are like, oh, this looks like fun. People are having fun. All right, cool. Uh, whatever. I'll get into this and and all and all this stuff. But then yeah, seeing seeing the way the game was when I started playing with that single path of you know you you uh, take your take the earnings, divide it by 0.0002, multiply it by 0.9 so that you're under under uh, under buy just a little bit because your earnings are going to stake for 200, um, 200 uh, blocks and er- make some earnings on that and then just do that and then just stake every 50 minutes after that. And that was that was the strat. That was what you did. 
Um, and I mean, maybe Salt, I'm, I've heard Salt has some like crazy optimization on his spreadsheet. So like maybe he goes beyond that. But like that was that was the that was the strat for the longest time. So I'm super stoked. I'm really excited to see this kind of uh, the news feed kind of randomization. And then even beyond that, like this talk about like buying boosts and buying protection and from boosts and buying, um, you know, attacks on other players. Like honestly, like that whole thing, it really reminds me of Mario Kart is really what it reminds me of. And like, <laughs> you mentioned that. I love that. I love that analogy. Yeah. Where you can interact with the other players more and, you know, you're not just racing the clock, which I guess a typical race is right. Whoever has the lowest clock time wins. Um, mm. But in Mario Kart, you're actually interacting with the other competitors and, and there's strategy to it. There's strategy to it. It's like, you know, when do you, when do you shoot off your red shell? Do you keep your bananas behind you or do you throw them out on the course? Like there's, there's strategy to these things and what you want to do. And it's not that <sighs> strategy is maybe not the right word. There's choices. You have to make choices when you're doing this and it's all real time. And it's, it's very much more of a game with having that amount of uh, choices versus a math, a math optimization problem. Absolutely. And I'm with you on the idea of the spreadsheets. I mean, it's my mission in life to destroy people's spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> I want them to be able <laughs> to play the game. I mean, not just, you know, like I mentioned, deterministic was the word. And it's, um, you know, I'm with you on the idea that that's not as fun as it can be. So adding much more to it is the way to go that will you know, make people make choices and potentially make the wrong choices. But I wanted to ask you, Nerd, um, you've talked a lot about choices. Um, you've shared some ideas with me as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a good way to introduce choice into the game? Because the newsfeed adds dynamism, but it doesn't necessarily give you a choice. So we can potentially go farther than that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on choices. Well, um, I mentioned this and kind of a, a, a not very fleshed out idea. Um, I think this is maybe like a beta level idea um, where at certain points in the game, um, we want to force, a, force players to make a choice. And uh, that can be as simple as just kind of, you know, hey, you come to this, there's an event that happens like the newsfeed, but instead of just something happens to you in the newsfeed it's like hey this thing happens here's a choice of two choices about what do you how do you want to respond to this thing that's happened and like it's kind of like the og oog like oregon trail like green screen oregon trail where it's like love it where you know you you go out and it's bum bum and like oh no your axle wheel broke and like oh but what are you going to do are you going to try and you know try and repair it do you try and trade with somebody else to get a new axle wheel um do you you know, just leave the cart behind. Like there's all these, there's a set amount of choices that you could do. And honestly, as a kid, I never really understood the interactions between those choices and like the full thing. It was like, Oh, I, I, I just always died of dysentery. So died I, of I, yep. uh, <laughs> yes. every time, every time, but that made it like making it to California. That was an achievement in that game. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure the OG gamers uh, can talk about that, but that that's kind of like the direction I'd love to see uh, uh, things go with the news feed is like, you know, um, a VC, a VC banker uh, wants to invest in your wants to invest in you. Uh, what do you do with the money? And then the player has to make a choice at that time. Um, do they, you know, do you take a cash influx, a cash infusion, which would be like a really short term, um, a short term option? Or do you take a more longer term option where maybe you get 
a 5% boost on all of your earnings for the next 500 blocks or something, or all of your investments for the next 500 blocks. And, you know, you don't, and that shouldn't be, I, I would prefer that that choice not be uh, open long enough for someone to actually sit down and change their spreadsheet in order, enough to math it out. Like I would prefer that to have the player to have to make a choice on based on just, do I want a short-term benefit right now? Or do I want a long-term benefit? And like thinking about it more that way. So again, just kind of introducing a lot more fuzziness to these games and these decisions where you don't have time to fully sit down and math this out because the game keeps moving. Blocks keep going. Um, And so maybe 40 blocks or so kind of like um, the enough time for the blockchain explorer to update so that you don't know what other players are doing. Maybe. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That would be very interesting. Yeah. So that way, once it updates, you can see what everyone did, but it's too late for you to make your decision based off what they did. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I'm imagining it right now as like a branching decision tree um, of these binary, binary or, um, you know, ternary, trinary. I don't know, whatever, however many decisions uh, or choices from those uh, that set, but, you know, add it up. If, if there's a set of binary choices, but you have, you know, 10, 10 of these events, then you've got, what is that? Uh, two to the 10th uh, different outcomes of, from these, from these choices. Right. And then you include that, um, include that structure on top of the fact that everybody's, you know, choosing to fork at different times and everybody's staking at different times and people are over or under buying things. And maybe there's a little bit of randomness uh, thrown in from, you know, just an event in the newsfeed and like suddenly boom, you've got a space that you can't math out. Like you can't plan that out It's too much. And so then you got to play by feel. And that's a game to me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, but we were talking about this, Ariad and I were talking about this a bit earlier also, is like, what what happens if you miss the event? Like, if the, Yeah, how does that game resolve that issue? Um, and I don't want to so just, we, I don't want to be just telling you here, Label, but I have some thoughts, but like, now that, now that I've kind of shared this kind of, you know, very fuzzy, non- non-fully optimizable space, but inside of that space, how would you, how do you think uh, you might contend with some a player who is not uh, actively looking at their app often enough and, and does up missing these kinds of events? Like how, how would you handle yeah, that? Yeah, well, well if, it's a, if it's a choice, like you mentioned with a venture capitalist, you're getting an influx of cash or you're getting a boost for the next 500 blocks, that could easily be shown whenever they return. It doesn't have to be a global event that happens to everyone at the same time. Mm. It might be advantageous to get it earlier, but um, that's just another reason to be active. But um, yeah, I think one of the best ways to deal with that is to make the choices so that you don't have to um, do them in real time with everyone. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so also another thing that we were kind of discussing is perhaps like these um, choices that you are now faced with. Uh, do you have, like uh, Nerd was saying, does it have to be done immediately at the point? Or, per, okay, so let me rephrase that. Perhaps some people get faced with a decision at different blocks than other players do. 
and it's not something significant, maybe five, 10 blocks or so. So that way you are not necessarily communicating with everybody saying, hey guys, what choice did you make? And they kind of happen to different players randomly, which would also add a different level of RNG to the game. Um, what do you think about that aspect, that idea? Yeah, I think that could work as well. Definitely. I think if we're going to, if we're thinking about these kind of uh, choice events, it's kind of, I guess, the best way to put it. Um, I think whatever ends up happening, I think a choice event should be always positive or always negative, I think. In other words, you're not choosing between taking a positive and a negative event where, oh, you get encounter a venture capitalist and your choices are he invests in you or he scams you. Like that <laughs> like that shouldn't be a choice because that's, that's, <laughs> that's a, a clear cut. <laughs> that's a really obvious choice. Uh, and so it should always... Unless you don't know. Yeah. You don't know which one you choose. You maybe, if you pick the wrong path, then you end up getting scammed. Oh, that's a good idea. Add some RPG elements to the game. If we're going to do something like that, I would like there to be, personally, I would prefer if there were like multiple choices that you had to make in order to go down that path, um, rather than just, oh, you made a bad decision once kind of thing. Um, but right. sure. what I was thinking of was like, with this, you know, uh, always positive or always negative is like, in other words, the choice event, your two choices are positive effect A and positive effect B or uh, negative effect A and negative effect B. Um, and then you could do, you know, A, B, C, D of those kinds of things is uh, how I was imagining it, um, which is different than Oregon Trail where you might not, uh, I, I don't know, or I guess some of the different choices would be more advantageous than others. I don't know. I don't understand how the math in Oregon Trail works still. Maybe somebody else can enlighten me. <laughs> and with the pos both positive choices and both negative, the advantageous uh, aspect of that is if you don't make a choice in the game within however many blocks, the game could randomize the choice for you. So it's overall a positive quote-unquote newsfeed, choice newsfeed event where you're still benefited when you come back to the game, but you didn't get to interact with it because you weren't, you know, actually present there. Or it could time you out and you don't get to pick either of the positive options if you weren't there within a certain amount of time. Oh, interesting. Well, if you want to be cruel about it. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have people like me who have the game open constantly so they don't miss out on that venture capitalist. Well, yeah, truly, I, I would prefer to have... Um, less constant interaction with the game, right? I would prefer to introduce changes where you can still play the game and have just as much fun without having to stake every 15 minutes throughout the week. Oh, I'd um, love that so much. And in addition, so you that's actually the other, that's one of the first um, things I want to do with those, as I mentioned, introducing the tokens back into the game is potentially create an auto staking thing that you can buy where it will stake every 200 blocks, all of your cash for... Um, you know, a thousand blocks or two or two thousand blocks, like a, a good eight hours of sleep. <laughs> so you can purchase that um, to get perfect staking without having to interact with it. I think that would be pretty cool. That would be phenomenal. You know, oh I'm buying God. that. No more alarms. Absolutely. And uh, another question. So with these purchases, let's say I didn't buy these boosts previous to the game. Are you thinking of potentially being able to, let's say I thought I was overzealous and I was going to 
you know, stake myself. I don't need to waste Nintopoly tokens on this. I can just do it myself. But then, you know, hard day's work goes by and, hey, I'm really tired. Uh, let me go ahead and buy this boost. Is there an option? Are you thinking of long-term to be able to buy mid-round? Yeah, so that's why I think one of the best solutions would be to have some kind of, like I mentioned, tickets that you can buy. You can buy them during the round. You can buy them ahead of time. Um, okay. You can buy them when you need to. And I like this idea because that will require interacting with the Polygon blockchain, um, which could take a minute. You know, it could get hung up or something. So if you can just buy those ahead of time or, you know, convert them into tokens that you can use in the game, um, that's better than constantly. Every time you want to do it, you've got to make a blockchain transaction with Matic. That could get a little bothersome, even though it's really cheap to interact with uh, Matic blockchain or the Polygon. Um, it would be better if you could just buy the actual tokens, use them in the game um, whenever you want to. Love it. So in that scenario, you could still purchase these tickets, quote unquote, which are actually tokens in your mind um, during the gameplay. But sure. basically the downside is you're, you don't get the flexibility of using it whenever you want because you have to wait for the, the blocks to confirm and everything. Is yeah, that you would, I, yes, I mean, you would still get to use it. I mean, that might take a minute or two. So it wouldn't be a, a huge uh, problem to buy it during the round. So for to encourage people to plan ahead, maybe it costs more to buy it during the round. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, that's a good point. So that way you load up before the game begins with all of them, and then you can use them. Multi do they last for multiple rounds? But, yeah, sure. I would, think too. Yeah, but I would then, think they're like permanent until you use... Well, uh, you can use them anytime in the future, but they're one-time use. In other words, you can buy okay. 10 and then save them for the future. But See, see, I'm imagining I'm imagining it's a more interesting choice if they aren't permanent, if they're one-time, one-round tokens. Oh, this is tickets. evil right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> evil. But evil. It, keeps, it keeps people from just buying a shitload of stuff to prevent... Oh, I like, see. So keeps the whales from just buying all the tickets ahead of time. So, you know, you could just load up on 500 tickets before the game starts, and then boom, you're perfect for that round. But anything you don't use, you lose. Or maybe you lose, you know, 50% of them or 80% of them or something. Um, and, it, and so then again, it's just... There's probably some optimal level in there, but... Um, you know, it's a choice that you have to make. And I think that's a more interesting choice. Um, it to... sounds a lot like coin hunt world when you're competing, <laughs> saving your blueprints for your competing one. Hey, Hey, yeah. <laughs> I still don't have any blueprints by the way. Oh man. You gotta uh, go hit some I got bolts. a yellow key though. So I'm doing pretty good. Hey, yeah. I heard you uh, <laughs> did a successful buddy quest with Anakura. I did. It's my only one. Congratulations. Yeah, I had to drive driving out to a Home Depot parking lot in the middle of the night to try to. <laughs> That's not a true story, but uh, it was fun. Okay, fun. We, we've got a uh, we've got a question or comment in the uh, in the chat right now. Actually, we got Posp saying um, he's imagining a Mintopoly money lottery uh, where you can purchase a ticket um, where then the winner wins some amount of that depending on how far into the round it is. Um, so I guess that's kind of like you're purchasing a, a lottery amount and that lottery amount might uh, pay out different amounts depending on when the drawing happens. Um, 
I imagine. Oh, I see. Kind of like a ra- like an in-game raffle almost, where you can buy those those tickets uh, with real Mentopoly money tokens, and then one player, I guess, or, or multiple, would get picked as a lottery winner, and they would get uh, in-game tokens. Is that the idea? Um, I think so. Or um, it looks like maybe to help out with a round. So maybe, uh, it, it, I suppose it could be that you just win Monop- Mintopoly money at the end of the round, or uh, it just it's added to your balance during the game um, and goes on from there. Whenever the raffle goes, yeah. Um, but I can oh, imagine... I, I see his point about 100 to 1, or 1 to 100, depending on how far, because you wouldn't want to get 100 Mintopoly coins in the game right at the start, or it would just be all over. <laughs> yeah yeah and, but that's then, actually I, one of the problems i've been dealing with with the newsfeed is how do we determine how much cash to give a player uh in a newsfeed event <laughs> right you don't want to give them too much at the start you don't want to give them too little at the end so it's a it's a balance it's a balance i imagine it's kind of like um i've always i, I can't remember i think it was when the coin out world uh they did the key redistribution um back in uh, must have been like July or September or something like that, um, where they basically redistributed a bunch of key booths to um, urban, I think it was all 99 cent stores and uh, dollar generals or something like that in the US, mm. um, which I really applaud them for. Like I, I thought that was a really, a really great move to kind of move a lot of the key booths out further out into, uh, you know, rural areas and, um, to, to, to more kind of disadvantaged areas of uh, cities, of urban areas. And I thought that was a really uh, good move on their part. The thing that it brought to my mind, though, is just like, man, they're adding all these key booths, but then at the same time, they were at, they had shop sales and then they introduced the auction house. So they were recovering a ton of keys from sales that were happening there because they take a 10% cut. And I remember just like, oh, my brain hurts. It's like, I would not want to be your guys' economist. Like, oh, God, <laughs> trying to manage the key, the keys in versus the keys out from everywhere and stuff. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's like once Mintopoly introduces uh, real-world staking balances where you can borrow tokens from the staking pool and other players can deposit them. And it has to calculate an actual interest rate based on supply and demand. That would be Ooh. one of the most complex things I could imagine building for it, but it would be really fun. So if you're letting people borrow Mentopoly money, then you're opening up uh, shorting and longing. In other words, leverage trading of this. <laughs> That's, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it quite that complex. Um, you're going to get somebody doing that, guaranteed it. Squeamy or Absalom's going to come in. I'm talking about in-game tokens, not, not the real tokens. Oh, but, okay. Um, yeah, just to, it would be more like a, just a borrowing pool. And the more funds there are, the lower the interest rate goes, the more demand, the higher the rate goes. So instead of just borrowing staking, you can actually deposit staking. Or instead of just depositing, you can actually borrow as well, which would be pretty funny. Borrow from a kind of communal pool, you mean? Or Yeah, just from the staking pool. So you could deposit your funds into the staking pool, and then someone would actually use them. But then it's a floating interest rate depending exactly. on how much has been borrowed, basically. Which would be pretty complex, but yes. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting, yeah. That adds a complete because you can't ma- again. That would take away from the spreadsheets aspect, which you described that you don't really want us to. You want to move the game away from that because you don't know once you start staking what your actual interest rate's going to be. So it makes the decision: Do I overbuy this asset? Do I underbuy that asset? Etc. Interesting. Interesting. That's a really cool idea. 
I'm getting some uh, some strong Ave vibes. <laughs> it's a DeFi, it's a DeFi protocol for those for the I folks at home. I haven't used it, but um, but there is an Agave card, a Mintopoly DAP. Oh, <laughs> there is. I <laughs> recently acquired that from the oh, uh, there you go. from the uh, side competition, which oh. you had a really really fun. Uh, uh, side uh, uh, event on the news feed towards the very end of the game where you had to make a decision again game of decisions um where it was about a thousand blocks before the end of the game and it was a huge discount on rig so i had to decide whether i wanted to withdraw all my staking balance and buy a whole bunch of rigs right then while they were on sale at the risk of losing out on a potential event where it could you know triple or whatever my staking balance so things like that where you're not 100 percent certain what the best move to do i think really add di- a dynamic element to the game and improve on the community it was um little pingui she actually pinged me she was like hey wake up bye i know you're going for the side competition wake up go buy these rigs right now oh so that's incredible kind of improved, yeah so it improved upon the uh community aspect of the game which uh, I think the community is great. People like Andrew specifically, he helped me out so much. I mean, you've built a really cool community. So, Oh, I haven't built it. You guys have built it yourself. That's one of the most surprising and, and the best parts of this is how great you guys are. Stop. I'm blushing. That's <laughs> <laughs> <No, it's> fun. <laughs> so this is a great conversation. Um, but I wanted to talk about tokenomics a bit too. Um, for the folks at home, tokenomics is a portmanteau of token and then economics, so tokenomics. Um, basically, just thinking about how, like what I kind of described earlier about the keys in versus keys out in CoinHunt world, but for um, tokens in uh, blockchain stuff. So specifically, uh, CoinHunt world doesn't have a coin, as far as we know, yarn, yarn, dubious speculation, but um, Mintopoly does with Mintopoly money. And basically, as I understand it, with right now, people can purchase NFTs with um, Ether or Bitcoin or some um, outside asset right now. And so they're basically, you're, you as a dev are basically fundraising your own um, development efforts by the sale of these NFTs. Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, but then with the introduction of allowing people to purchase these NFTs with Mintopoly money is really you're kind of starting to then recycle this um, this money back through your, your own ecosystem economy, um, token economy, however we want to think of it. Um, and with that kind of recycling, are you thinking then about like how are you thinking about this is this going to be a pure 100 percent gets recycled is there going to be some portion of that goes to a uh development treasury is there some portion of this uh that might get redistributed to the holders of nfts or the holders of the tokens or something like that uh what, what are your thoughts um well my first thought on the recycling of the token is that uh, we're planned to do a million tokens a week for 50 weeks out of the 100 million supply. Which would and, be half of the supply? Yes, so 50 of the 100 million. Okay. And that'll end, um, well, we're going into round 25, so we're halfway through that. Hey! And yeah, so yes. it would be nice um, to be able to continue 
distributing as much as possible. So if there was recycling happening um, with card purchases or um, as we talked about with purchasing boost in the game, I think the most sensible place to put that would be back into the airdrops for the future rounds after round 50. Um, there's also additional options. Um, I would really love to expand the, the Mintoverse beyond uh, <laughs> the idle game uh, to do bigger and bigger things um, that would allow the tokens to be distributed uh, through those things, whatever they may be as well. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of being able to recycle tokens that people are using in the game uh, to distribute back to players through the core game. Okay. And in a way, I also Exciting. see the game as kind of a, a unique way of doing an airdrop in a sense that mm -hmm. it's getting distributed to the people who care the most and yep. who spend the most time in the ecosystem, right? Which is super unique. Like a lot of times airdrops are just to random people or to whatever it might be. But in this case, the people who get the tokens are the ones who care the most. So I think that's a really innovative way of, of distributing the tokens to begin with. Gamified airdrops. Interesting. Exactly. There you go. Love it. So that way, uh, the people that care the most have the most say kind of like brings us back to the whole DAO governance aspect. Exactly. Say it loud. Say it DAO. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with uh, so then it sounds like you're thinking of trying to uh, recycling 100% of these tokens into those uh, basically extending the uh, the lifespan of these airdrops that you can do. Um, and, but have you considered or have you, what are your thoughts on things like token burns? Cause uh, there's a, there's a bit of a split in the Ethereum community uh, for those folks at home who don't know about this um, with the introduction of EIP 1559, they actually uh, burn most of the uh, Ethereum that goes, used to go to the miners. Uh, which those miners would then basically sell their ether on the market in order to pay for their electricity costs and their investments in their mining rigs and all that stuff. Um, so they don't get most of that anymore. And so then that money is no longer being recycled uh, through their economy. And there's uh, uh, the people who are new to the Ethereum ecosystem. A lot of them are pretty upset, I think kind of understandably, that um, ether has, you know, some people that kind of accuse the Ethereans as, leaving leaving the new joiners behind and just kind of enriching the folks who are already rich the rich get richer as the meme goes and uh, i know as well there's like bsc the binance smart chain uh with their bnb token they do massive massive token buybacks uh, like every quarter well they buy back like you know five billion worth of bnb and then destroy it and burn it to basically reduce the supply. And again, with these things, with supply and demand, if you reduce the supply, then uh, assuming demand remains constant, you're increasing the price. And it's just um, these ways to kind of pump pump the price of these uh, these assets. Specifically I, with uh, Binance Smart Chain, I think EIP-1559 is uh, less of a money grab because it's based on the amount the, that the network gets used as opposed to just an arbitrary number that someone decides to buy back with or however much capital Binance uh, managed to get from who knows where. Um, but sorry, I've kind of gone on a rant here, but uh, what's your opinion on token burns, I guess, is the, the question here. Yeah, so a few things. I think part of the issue with the Ethereum burns is, that makes it a little different is that um, Ethereum is, has an expanding supply Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, I think that supply is still expanding. 
Correct. Uh, so the burns are just a way to slow down the expansion, uh, which is great. But um, with something like Mentopoly, there's already a fixed supply. No more can be created. Uh, so if you're burning them, then they're, you know, they're gone for good, unlike Ethereum, where they can keep creating more. Um, oh, Mentopoly is a fixed supply. It is. Yeah, oh, okay. so we're talking about similar, uh, more so like uh, Bitcoin with its fixed supply than Ethereum that the new burn is reducing the inflation rate of exactly. the supply. So another question that I had, and I think I approached either you or uh, Nerd with it, is, um, uh, for example, there's other tokens out there that 10% of the burnt supply goes into a burn pool and 10% of that gets redistributed every round, effectively making the uh, distributions last nearly forever. What are your thoughts on potentially doing that? Yeah, I mean, so I guess that's kind of similar to the Binance buybacks. Um, and one thing okay. that's really inspiring about the Binance buybacks is that it's having kind of a dual effect, right? Because if they're buying back the tokens on the open market, that itself is raising the, the price. Mm -hmm. And then if they're burning those tokens, it's reducing the supply. So you're adding more money to a smaller supply. Um, and I think that's a really inspiring idea. <clears throat> I can't make any official comments or announcements on Mintopoly, but one really inspiring future would be to use the NFT sale proceeds to essentially buy liquidity on the open market and uh, burn those tokens which would allow a similar effect of a reduced supply, which can never expand, and more um, value per token uh, because they've been purchased from the NFT sales. And that's one way in which potentially um, players could essentially profit from the game's development um, and essentially become more and more involved in the game by playing it. Really interesting. Fascinating. Um, another question that uh, POSP was, he actually came to you talking about potential minturns. <laughs> That's the <laughs> term for uh, Mintopoly interns. Uh, potentially having mint, uh, being able to tip players with uh, Mintopoly tokens. So for example, you've got an amazing mod team going on in your Discord. You've got amazingly helpful players and then potential quote unquote minturns that could run like a wiki or something, what would you feel about having those uh, tokens um, being burnt and redistributed to the players amongst that? Yeah, I think having a pool of tokens for people who are volunteering and contributing would be a really sensible thing to do. That would be great. And I love the idea of minturns. That was... Was that Posp's idea? I can't remember who told that me that. That was Posp's was idea. Yep, okay. that was he Posp's gets... idea, and he did a fantastic job doing that. <laughs> it's such a cool phrase. <laughs> Love it. Adding the Minto. Yeah, there's so much to, to do these days. It would be great to have, you know, some minturns. I love Definitely. it. And uh, are you looking at potentially collaborating with other games? I know that I approached you about potentially collaborating with Coin Hunt World. I know other players are excited about other NFT projects. I'm personally very excited about a potential. I want a Mr. Mintopoly, QB. You're talking about hey. having a blueprint. How cool would that be having a Mr. Mintopoly blueprint in game? 
or potentially having an event similar to the Pat Morita event. Um, I don't know if you got the chance to play that, but I that saw benefited it. Coin yeah. Hunt. Yeah. So it benefited Coin Hunt World because you got to burn green keys in the game for the opportunity to get the blueprint. And mm. then you got to burn a red key in the game for the for the guaranteed um, NFT that you can then eventually mint if you so choose to. And we have our nerd here, I Sleep Nerd, that got two of those NFTs actually from the event. Well, I've got wow. two. So, I've got two NFT blueprints. I don't have two NFTs yet. Yes. Yeah. But I am stoked for that. I'm stoked for that. But don't don't make me grind for another red, man. Don't make me do that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I would love to collaborate um, with Coinhunt World. Um, there's a lot we could do. I haven't discussed anything with them yet, but I would love to do that. Um, like you said, if they were willing to make a Mr. Mentopoly QB and have an event, that would be incredible. And on the other side, uh, we could potentially do a whole separate promo card. It would be one possibility uh, for the players of Coin Hunt World. Yeah, that would be fantastic. We've got a huge following. I think uh, you've mentioned it, other people have mentioned it. It's fantastic to see the, uh, the back and forth between the two player bases. Yeah, Very they're so cool. well Everybody. aligned. For, for some reason, you know, the two player bases um, love each other's games. The, the Mentopoly players are loving Coinbase or Coin Hunt World, and the Coin Hunt World players are loving Mentopoly. So we should definitely see what we can do to do more. There's definitely been a big slosh back and forth with the with the players because I remember I, I've only played maybe five or six rounds or something like that for Mentopoly. And I think when I started, it was like 700 players or something. Um, and now like the last round had like 3,300 players or something by the end. Does that sound right? Um, yeah, I think this last round, yeah, had well over 3000, which was incredible. So, yeah. So that's like a five X in your player base right there. And, um, I know like the podcasters have been talking about Mintopoly. Like I know this is the second, second time that we're officially talking about Mintopoly here on this podcast, but I know, uh, Trent it guy had a uh, little Penguin on his, uh, and they were right. talking Mintopoly also over there. And so we're definitely like seeing a lot of, like you said, like cross, uh, a crossover with the player base. It's super cool. Like, I, I don't know. I would love to see something like in Coinet World about like referencing user faults or some, something with a with a card. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> that would be yes. There's uh, a lot. A blue QBA promo NFT. So, dubious speculation here. Let's bust out the yarn real quick though. Dubious speculation. In your perfect world, label, we are seeing the development of structures currently in coinout worlds like we know that lucky fountains are coming uh some, and water cubies are important for that we've seen water cubies like 10x get in those price. water cubies yeah get water cubies buy water cubies meme um and buy them all up they've literally the price is literally 10x on the auction house like freaking manel's making a killing um and <laughs> but like what for a Mintopoly boy QB, uh, what kind of structure do you think that uh, that might work at? Um, in, so in the reason world? why. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Go so ahead. the reason. Yeah. So the reason why they're being bought up is because uh, beans have been spilled that they're going to be important for what's called the lucky fountain structure, where uh, you need to man it with a QB, and the water QB would be the one that you man this lucky fountain. And the function of that 
lucky fountain would be that you hit it once um, and you get lucky for, you get a boost for an hour, let's say, or some, that's just a arbitrary number. They haven't worked out the details. This is our guess. This is our guesses. That was the, 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 how it works is some sort of boost. That's all we know. Right. So then there could be a different, you know, QB that's required to man a bank, for example, that could potentially give you, I don't know, a boost to your crypto. This is all just guesses, something like that. A gym that could make your QB, uh, I don't know, faster so you can reach things further away, something like that. These are all guesses and none of this has been confirmed. So yeah, back to Nerd's question after that preface. Oh, okay. Like where um, so, would we see the Mr. Mentopoly QB? What kind of structure would he be useful for? Oh man, I haven't even considered that. I wasn't I wasn't aware that was coming in Coinhound World. <laughs> so I hadn't considered how it would maybe work. a bank, right? I yeah, mean, that would be fun. Seems like it fits perfectly. Yeah. A market. Mr. Mentopoly running the bank. Yeah, or a market. Farmers market. A farmer's market. There you go. The old farm crops. <laughs> hey. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to give that some thought. I hadn't considered how he could be actually utilized in the coin hunt world. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's been really exciting. A lot of beans here that we have to process, huh? Yeah, I think we've uh, we've hit everything on our on our outline here. This has been a fantastic conversation, uh, Label. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you making time for us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And thank you fun. so much for coming on again, Alriad. Like I uh, I know when I approached absolutely. you, you were kind of like, oh no, it's your thing. But like you're definitely the shining example of that crossover we've seen between Coinout World and. Uh, and Mintopoly player base, I think, like you and Penguin both, going so much between those and active in both of those uh, communities so much. Definitely. It's a freaking fantastic game. When I saw you guys talking about it over in the Coin Hunt World uh, wiki, I remember I just saw all the chat blowing up, and my very first game, actually, the very first thing I did is I went in and I staked my initial income <laughs> so I couldn't buy a ring. <laughs> 200 blocks. <laughs> Oh, so that's it's great. Been, it's fantastic to see uh, how quick you learn about the game. I think I did that my second yeah. game when I was just like panicking because I missed the first like four hours of the game or something. I forgot about it. And yeah, just stake. And it was just like, oh, God. You know, there's a funny story about that. When I first built it, I had no intention of putting a limit on how often you could stake. It was just you could stake, you could unstake. And then I was looking at my servers and they were like blowing up because people were staking every block. Everybody was staking every block. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I didn't realize that that would be such an advantageous thing to do. I thought it was something you might do like once a day or something. I hadn't really thought through the math of how it would be advantageous to stake every block. So really just to save my servers, I put a 200 block limit on it. Oh, oh man. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. That's funny. Yeah. And with the introduction of those uh, those auto stake boosts, then that's going to potentially you can account for people who use something like that. Maybe it can, and the game can calculate it out, and you don't have to have that stress on the server from user interaction. There you go. Yeah. Or also, 
Another really interesting idea would be a boost that allows you to stake more often. Well, that's just oh. that's just hacks. <laughs> that, <laughs> Maybe that should be a new card. God mode. A new card. Oh. That you can <laughs> stake You'll every, have a bunch of us lining 50, up for that one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like 50% more frequent staking. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can ruin your life every... <laughs> 25 minutes instead of 25. <laughs> Let's switch your timers from 49 to 24 minutes if you got that card, huh? <laughs> no, no that's just going to give that's salt a bad even idea. more. <laughs> well, that's just going to give salt more of an advantage. <laughs> yes. So, uh, actually, I just had a thought here. I just had a thought here, Label. Um, I know CoinHunt World has put a ton of effort into, or does put a ton of effort into, like, anti-cheat. And like we actually just had a ban wave go through uh, the game in the, like the last day, it seems like. I, I actually got a, a 10k resin uh, box in my inbox today from apparently somebody I've put uh, 10,000 resin filled up their 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 user vault. They got banned apparently. Um, like, is that something that you've had to be concerned about about up to this point? It is for sure. Um, one of the bigger issues is that players are only allowed to have one account. So playing multiple accounts is very much not allowed. So there have been instances where players have been playing multiple accounts and have gotten banned for doing so. Mm -hmm. um, we also have preventions in place to monitor for like bot activity, and we're constantly learning and, and evolving to make that even stronger. Yeah, you don't, don't, don't give us any of your secrets here, please. We, yeah, want, we sure. want this game to yeah, keep going. Yeah, definitely not. Absolutely. And you've got like some good uh, investigators going on in the Discord. I remember it was one player a while crypto back. Frog. That oh, crypto Frog. Oh, Crypto Frog and yes. um, Professor Gary Oak. They're both my super detectives. <laughs> private eyes. They caught they need you. To be, uh, they need to be uh, Mintern private eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you need a, uh, Give them an official role. badge. You need a role in your server with that name. With, yeah, well, Mintern would definitely have a role, but maybe Mintern Private Eye could be an extra special role. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, you've got two of them lined up for uh, <laughs> chiefing that department right there. Great. I'm, uh, I'm curious. You, you mentioned we there a couple of times. Like, how big is your dev team? Um, well, it's me <laughs> and one other person okay. at this point. So, okay. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I so did it all myself originally. That's... Yeah, I did it all myself originally, and then quickly realized that it was going beyond my ability to, you know, run the community and do all the development myself. So, having a little extra help is really beneficial. For sure. Going from creating a website to the art to, you know, the, getting the game to actually run to the blockchain—that's a a huge task that you've uh, accomplished here. Uh, big freaking congratulations like what Alriad said with everything that you've done with the game so far because you this is you said you were 25 weeks in which is only like what is that one week less than six months something like that yeah so this is like yeah. we're still so early you guys anybody listening to this we are still so early in mintopoly like I, I, yeah. i'm not going to tell you what to do please dyor make your own decisions and stuff but you're very early to this if you're hearing about mintopoly right now I mean, at this point, I feel like we're just kind of getting the handle of things, kind of almost getting it out of beta, getting it more stabilized. Um, I haven't done much marketing. Everything that's happened has just been word of mouth. Um, so, you know, 
we're How going this a lot different than most crypto projects. It's not like we're pumping it up and trying to, you know, overhype it. We're just trying to build something solid that will endure. And that's exactly why why I bought some cards, man. I can tell you're here for the long haul. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um how about a how about a beta a beta something thank you for the beta people people have been playing are, well, you, are you thinking about doing anything like that i know we're all getting the token is there like any thoughts of doing like a just a i don't know like a po app or a uh cheapo nft that doesn't really have any effect in game is just kind of a flashy badge that people can have like any thoughts on doing something like that there is a um a beta tester uh promo card actually oh um, this was given out to the like the I guess you might even Angel call them investor. alpha testers that were maybe last June before the official first round the people that went through all the craziness before it actually launched. So the alpha um, testers. Yeah, but really, yeah, I guess they're more alpha. It's more of an alpha tester car. So maybe maybe we should change that to an alpha tester card and have a beta tester card. Oh man. Well, we, we managed to continue this conversation after we were trying to wrap up. This has just been so fascinating. Thank you again for coming on. We, uh, we got so much fun. We got a little bit of time here. Is there anybody you want to uh, you want to shout out? Oh, man. First of all, the entire community of people who play this game, who interact on Discord. Like, like I mentioned, the strongest part about this game is the community. Um, so everyone who plays, first of all, um, and all of the moderators on Discord who, you know, devote so much of their time to helping keep everything running smoothly. Miami fan and Anakura and uh, Aragath and Drop Dude. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody, but definitely all of them. And um, as I mentioned, the other developer who's helping me out, Matthew, he's been great. Really putting in a lot of work on this. So, yeah. And you guys for having me on your podcast. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. What about uh, what about you, Alriad? I know this is your third third time on this podcast, but uh, who do you want to shout out? Also, uh, from the, uh, the 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 Mintopoli community, first I have to thank Andrew for staying up with me in the middle of the night, answering my questions during my Mintopolist run, and helping me optimize that strategy. So he's first and foremost been talking a lot with uh, marco marco here hey he's, fingers crossed gonna be our next uh or he's our also part of the uh coin hunt world wiki team and i think he's up for the running here for the mintopolis marco is actually one of the san diego coin hunt world players uh we've actually met in person hey. marco is awesome uh along with uh wally's was the uh was he the last mintopolis from last round yes he was yes. He also from san last. diego that's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. We're, uh, yeah, we're actually all getting together tomorrow, but, uh, sorry, I totally interrupted you. Go ahead. I'll read. Definitely. got to thank, uh, shout out little Pingui who inspired me to go for the Mentopolis card. I thought this thing was unachievable and then she just crushes it. And I'm like, wow. And she was like, yeah, she was talking about her optimization. So I was like, okay, this is inspiring. I can do this. So she definitely is an inspiration there. And uh, definitely D3 Spy STE for making that really cool physical coin, you know, um, being active in the server. And then Salt for obviously letting us know when it's time to fork. (laughs) (laughs) 
Awesome. Awesome, everybody. Well, I'll be including a link to uh, the Mintopoly game in the show notes for this show. Um, you can find Alriad again, our Dark Lord of the Souls, Alriad on Twitter, uh, along with uh, <laughs> Mr. Mintopoly on Twitter as well. I'll drop links for all those stuff in the in the show notes, along with, I think, a link to the Mintopoly uh, roadmap. And um, the Coin Hunt World Wiki actually has a page for Mintopoly, and I'll drop a link to that as well, where we really try to explain how to... Um, how to play the game as best we know it and explain the mechanics and all that stuff. So for those of you who got confused by that explanation, you know, maybe an hour ago, go check out the wiki. We got lots of stuff up there. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, for everybody listening, have a fantastic day. All right, thank you. Thank you. Gas prices are down, but you know what's better than low gas fees on Ethereum? No gas fees on Ethereum. First 10 times per month, when you withdraw ERC-20 tokens, Ether, or Bitcoin from Gemini Exchange, they pay your gas fees. Yep, 100% free withdrawals. Whether you're a dabbler, a hodler, or a hardcore ETH maxi, (laughs) IT guy, Gemini Exchange is a great place to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Click the Gemini link in the show description to get $10 back when you start your account and trade $100. Get low trading fees with Active Trader Interface, less than Coinbase Pro, guys and free gas withdrawals only at Gemini Exchange. Again, click the link in the show description to sign up for your own account today.